Biz is proudly presented by IJG. IJG, making your money work for you. Welcome to Ghost Biz, where we take a look at what's happening in the Southern African markets. And uh, the guy who knows what's going on because he can float through the walls, it's the finance ghost. Ghost, welcome to the show. Let's start out with uh, Motus, the motor vehicle uh, and motor parts company. Um, mixed results. Uh, we see parts increasing, but we see new vehicle sales down. They are being heavily impacted by carrying too much stock at the moment. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Hi, Gary. Excuse the voice. Even ghosts get sick, unfortunately. And yes, Motors has absolutely been impacted by stock levels. And unfortunately, it costs a lot of money to have the stock on the floor. So even though revenue is up 11%, headline earnings per share, that's actually down 27%, which is not pretty. This is a very good case study in how the income statement and the balance sheet actually interact. So they did a pretty good job of managing their costs because EBITDA was up 13% and revenue was up 11 So margins actually got better there. But EBITDA, earnings before, interest, tax, depreciation, amortization, all sounds very fancy. The key there is interest. So net finance costs are happening below that line and they jumped like mad. They more than doubled to 1.1 billion rand. So they are very much working hard so that their bankers can have a better life. And unfortunately, sales in South Africa not really helping. The used car and new car market in South Africa is struggling. Motus has got 18.1% market share in the local market for car sales. So this is a very, very important market for them. And although NAMSA is forecasting some growth in car sales for 2024, I must be honest, I struggle to see where that's going to come from. The saving grace here is that the UK and Australia, vehicle sales growth has been good. Uh, the UK market actually had a very ugly end to 2023 on the used car side because prices fell significantly. So Motus and for that matter, Supergroup had to take some pretty big inventory write downs because of course, when the stuff is on the floor and it's going down in value, that certainly doesn't help you. Think to remember with Motus, it's not just a car sales business. As you mentioned there, it's part sales as well. That's the one point. And the other point is that the South African business is now only 55% of revenue and 66% of group EBITDA. So that UK and Australian exposure is actually becoming more and more important over time. And that may well be the saving grace. Moving from cars to the uh, stuff that makes them go, uh, that's obviously fuel. Um, and Cecil, uh, a company that makes the fuel, see what I did there. Cecil's uh, got results out, but uh, again, a mixed bag, um, fuel uh, up, fuel supply and energy supply up, but chemicals, um, a big swing there for Sassel. Uh, what do they do next? Yeah, Sassel has hurt a lot of people in the last six months, but it's also because people don't really understand what they own. So historically, Sassel's share price was relatively linked to the oil price, but that's actually decoupled quite severely in recent times. And I think that's for two reasons. The first is just the fact that Sassel has very big chemicals exposure. So, you know, you can't ignore the chemical side of the business and only look at the fuel side. And I think the other reason is just general South African sentiment and the state of infrastructure and environmental concerns around Sassol and what those costs might be over time. Look, whatever the reason, Sassol's had a very tough six months to December, revenue down over 9% and operating leverage has hurt them here. You know, when revenue drops in a business like this, typically profits drop by a much higher percentage. And that's what we've seen here. EBIT, that's down 34%. So pretty ugly stuff. And at segmental level, there are really some massive swings. So for example, Chemicals Africa, EBIT down from 8.99 billion to 3.44 billion. The rest of the chemicals business actually moved from the green to the red, now reporting losses. 
to your point, the energy fuels business looks better. You know, that might be up from 5.1 billion to 9.6 billion, but that wasn't enough to offset the pain elsewhere in the group. So headline earnings per share, really struggling here. And interim dividend, 71% lower. So not only are the earnings down, but the payout ratio is down as well as the group battens down the hatches to deal with this. Now, Lipster, I've reported uh, headline earnings uh, per share dropping. Uh, they've had to use normalized figures due to a, uh, a fire, Denny Mushrooms, uh, and that's had about 120 million rand um, impact on the business. Tell us a little bit more about Lipstar. Yeah, Lipstar's trading statement actually gives way more details than you normally see in a trading statement, which is quite nice, actually. And revenue growth improved, actually, from the first half into the second half. They did 4% in the first half, 7.3% in the second half, so full year growth at 5.8%. Not exactly a rocket shift, but at least the right direction. But pricing versus volume is quite something here. So volume's down 4.8%. Prices and mix effects up 10.6%. So very much an inflation story here. South African consumers are tightening their belts quite literally and actually just buying less food, and especially less in the way of discretionary items. Gross profit margin, that came in at 20.7% for the full year, slightly down year on year. And I think what they've done very well at Lipstar is operating expenses were only up by 1.9%. And that's a very impressive display of cost control. Unfortunately, finance costs, those were up 53.3%. So once again, working hard for the banks here. And as you said, you know, on the normalization adjustments, you, knew, you do need to look at HEPs with those adjustments because otherwise you'll be taking into account the insurance proceeds on the Denny Mushrooms side of the business, which, you know, doesn't really give you a sense of how things are actually going. Normalized HEPs from continuing operations, that's down by between 97 and 12.7%. And I think that does a pretty good job of showing the pressures, not just in this business, but certainly in the, in the entire consumer value chain right now in South Africa. And lastly, let's take a look at City Lodge, a company that's been, we have discussed before, has been quite impacted by a drop off in business travel um, as, a, as a habit these days. People try and uh, connect on video calls rather than, than travel for business. So uh, there's certainly a lot of pressure on City Lodge, but they are trying to pivot away from that. Let us know what's going on there. City Lodge is such a great story because I think the management team has really done a good job of actually pivoting what this thing does. City Lodge has historically been this kind of business-focused travel, as you mentioned, and that means in a post-pandemic world, they are competing directly with Zoom and Teams, both of which are free. So for someone to travel for business, not only do they have to get past the flight costs, which are pretty substantial these days, but then they also have to justify potentially spending a night somewhere. And if City Lodge's pricing is too high, they just won't do it, right? At some point, they'll just do Zoom and Teams or they'll leave on the same day they arrive. So quite difficult. And what the management team has tried to do to get around some of these issues is grow the food and beverage side of City Lodge. And they've done that very, very well. In the six months to December, they grew that side of the business by 36% on the revenue line. Pretty good. And uh, their gross margin has increased from 56% to 59%. So City Lodge does know how to run a restaurant. That seems to be the case for sure. As for the hotel side of things, occupancies also moved higher, actually, 57% to 61%. So that's also good news. But unfortunately, total operating costs were up 11% per room sold. Average room rates were only up 9%. So there comes the margin pressure. You've got big inflationary issues in staff and property costs, and they just can't push this through onto their customers. So unfortunately, despite all the hard work, headline earnings per share only up by 10%. I think they've done a great job. I think it would have been a lot worse had it not been for management interventions. But 10% increase in HEPs, not exactly exciting, is it? 
And that's a wrap for this week's uh, Biz News. Uh, More next week with the Finance Ghost, brought to you by IJG. Ghost Biz was proudly presented by IJG. IJG, making your money work for you. Visit IJG.net for more information.